You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow. And as always on a Wednesday, I speak to Skulk Lowe, who's a portfolio manager, PSG Wealth Old Oak Division in Cape Town. Now, Skulk, as I said to a previous commentator earlier on, I said I've, I've sort of lost a little bit of interest in markets and haven't been my normal up at 5.30 watching the markets. I'm up at 5.30 anyway, but I haven't been looking at the markets and going through all the stories because it's the end of the Northern Hemisphere summer. And it's just a mood. But today, I looked at my Stock Exchange News Service announcements. And I'm just going to give you some here. Maybe I've even missed some. Motus, Aspen, Caxton, Grindrod Shipping, Blue Label, Harmony, Stadio, Bidcorp, Woolies, Cap. Maybe I've missed a couple, but a lot of corporate announcements, Skulk. You must have been furiously busy. Yeah, today was one of those days. It was just when we came in this morning, we have our you know morning meeting like every morning, uh, and the team was sitting you know around the table, and I think the first one, one of the one of the analysts said, "Well, what a day in terms of reports." Yeah. <laughs> Where do we start? Well, I just said start at the top. Man, what a day! I mean, and, and there's a few companies we can add to the list. I mean, you can add Mr. Price, you can add oh. uh, Multi Choice, um, the Fushini Group, because I mean. Those those three companies are uh, you know finding themselves excluded, or you know sort of moved out of the emerging market index, and and naturally you get some front running today. I mean uh, you know front running when I say front running, it's not as if you know, usually front running is a bad thing, but but in this case, you know if everybody know that the, you know tomorrow the adjustment needs to be made. Uh, these three companies will be excluded and. Um, yeah, wow, what a day for, for Mr. Price. I mean, I've had a few calls. Tell with me about saying, Mr. Price. So Mr. Price didn't come out with numbers. Mr. Price just yeah. got excluded because of its market capitalization, mm. probably, from the MSCI Correct. or the Emerging Markets Index. So what happened to the share price? Yeah, no, done, done, um, you know, 8.1% for today. So, I mean, what a, what a whopping, whopping day. Uh, I mean, um, and I, I don't know if it caught the market unaware or just it's a surprise because a multi-choice, uh, that was actually up 45 basis points. And, and when I look at the Fashini group, also down 1%. But, I mean, Mr. Price, just a massive, massive, you know, 8.1% drop. Um, I think listeners out there, that's now – you know, the shareholders and 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 Mr. Price is getting a sort of a mini heart attack. Ah, just go sit it out. I, I don't think you know there's been no news. Um, I personally think it's just it's just a you know a bunch of uh, investors front running. You know this 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 readjustment. Um, I think by by Friday, let's call it the first of September, things will normalise, and let's see. I think then hopefully the price will normalise. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you have something removed from an index, the people that are holding that stock in that ETF on behalf of customers have to get rid of it. So I mean, it's a natural it. move, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It's it's well, or, or unnatural, you know, sort of because you you know, it, there's no news. It's just you know. Due to the size, I mean, the, the, the current weight in the, in the emerging market index, you know, starting from the top, um, multi-choice, 0.02%. So I think mm. most investors, you know, sort of knew that they could exclude it. So I think we've had the price action before. Mr. Price, 0.03%, and the Fashini Group, 0.03% as well. So, yeah, this is um, this is uh, this is the company that's going to be excluded. Um, and... Um, 
man, I mean, like you said, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the share price reacted. But uh, why is that important? I mean, you, what, what Lindsay just said was, he, he said, well, effectively, all these ETFs, these passives, these, these uh, index tracking uh, funds or, or passive funds now need to sell their holdings in, in multi-choice, yes. uh, Mr. Price and the Vashini Group. But they can't do it today. They can't do it tomorrow because Why? as we currently sit here, it's still included in the index. So that will only, with tomorrow's close, will 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 readjust. And as from Friday, Mr. Price will now be excluded. So so those price action will only happen tomorrow. They can't sell but it. But traders can go short of the things, can't they? Oh, there we go. That's, that's where it. We, 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 that's it. This is it. This is trader action. This is speculative. And um, you know, and that's why I say I, I wouldn't wouldn't really read too much in, into this this price action. Don't don't go and uh, try and catch a falling knife. Maybe maybe there is some 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 news that that we don't know currently. But as I sit here, you know, I, I think the the magnitude of this let's call it um, adjustment in the, in the index for you know, for Mr. Price is is, is big enough. Uh, you know, for 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 you know some of these traders to take. Don't some, you think some, there's a flaw in the system here, Skunk? There's a flaw in the system yeah. because it gives people the opportunity to drive the share price down and the, uh, the holders of the company in their ETFs, in their funds, on behalf of their clients are at a disadvantage because people say, oh, wait a second, they may not be able to sell for various mm. administrative and bureaucratic reasons and regulatory reasons, but we can do what we like with it. I'm getting short now of this thing. I don't think that's fair, quite honestly. I mean, I, financial I services so isn't fair in many instances, or in some instances, but that is wrong. That should be adjusted. I'm sorry. And, and, and why, why is this important what Lindsay says? I mean, we've got a, we've got a term, and I've used it you know, one, or, you know, one or two times you know, during this, this, this interviews, yes. is front running. Yes. Now, now front running, you know, it's still, as we sit here, is is unlawful. I mean, if you find yourself uh, being a front runner, um, you can find yourself in jail. Now, what is front running? Front running is, is when you possess information that the market don't have, and you you you, you trade on that information. Uh, you you maybe you know, you run a bry, and and somebody says, well, did you hear the company X Y Z is going to buy company you know ABC, <laughs> and and the market don't know, and you go buy company ABC, you could f- make yourself guilty of a front running if if you could you be found guilty. Now now to me this is no different because the passive market or the ETF market over the world is. A massive market. We're not talking about a small unit trust there in the south point of, of Africa or, you know, or, or just some uh, international fund that invests in, in, in emerging market. We're talking about a, a ETF market that is currently pretty much dominating you know, world investments as we speak. Um, and, and these funds can't do deadly squat. I mean, they can't. They can't go and sell them as the price, the multi-choice, the the Vashini groups, because they are obliged to track that index up to the final day of readjustment, which is huh. usually done on a quarterly basis, yeah. which is done on a, a monthly or quarterly basis. That's wrong. I, I, I totally agree. I mean, because now you know some of these traders know that these funds will will need to you know sell out of their Mr. Price multi-choice and, and the Fashini group. They can't do anything, and and tomorrow they will do it, need to do it at these lower levels. You know, being a fairly illiquid market, you know, South Africa. I mean, uh, I, 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 I sort of know that they 
they know that they're going to make make money on their and shorts. And the clients, anyway, of course, that's... suffer as well. I mean, okay, so it's maybe a small percentage, but it, it is still wrong. And the other thing that's wrong as well, and I, you know, this is not a Skulklow or PSG wealth view here. This is my personal view, having had experience of seeing price movements and phoning up the JSC surveillance, you know, because I get annoyed with people trying to rig the system. And I phoned up the JSC surveillance department and they've done nothing about it when it was clear that two days before a major announcement on the JSC, there were unusual movements in whatever particular share price it was. And it just seems to be that nothing is done. But anyway, in another country, maybe it would be. Let's get on to the real news now. And I reeled off a list of companies. And some of them I know you're very, very familiar with. Some of them are doing really well, some doing really badly, others just bumbling along. But of all those ones that I read out at the beginning of this interview, this podcast. Choose a couple, if you would, Skulk. I think last week we've, we've had the advantage to, to cover most of, of, you know, let's call it my darlings. I mean, uh, we've, we've, we've had <laughs> Harmony today that brought out their actual results. But last week in, in, in death, we've, we've actually covered them, the, the trading statement. Because already, you know, they guided well. And um, today they just came out with with the, the actual you know um, results, um, which came out on, on it's called it on the higher side of the of the projections, and the share price really reacted with naturally with a, a stronger you know gold price. I mean, close to six percent you know positive today. I'm not going to look at that again. Um, we had a similar scenario with Bitcoin. Bitcoin we also covered last week, also well well covered. They they uh, said last week in the trading statement which we covered that they they should be anything between 20 rand 30 and 20 rand 92. Um, I already back then you know mentioned that you know, it, both these will well, you know, it seems like when you look at definitive consensus estimates of 2020, 2029, it doesn't matter. They will be beating, you know, consensus and share price already reacted last week. But man, and man, again, oh man, hello, <laughs> shocked. What a, I mean, this, this is, I mean, you and I've had this conversation last week. This is just one, one of those companies that's consistently beating, you know, well-managed, um, yeah, they had, they had a bit of a tailwind lately, you know, with the, firstly the opening up of of of, of your know, COVID restrictions, which did uh, you know had a, had a bit of an effect on the, on the on the short term. But so with the opening up, that's were positive. With also with the the weaker rand, that was positive. Share price today just absolutely loved that actual results. <laughs> also came out with a final dividend, five rand per share. That's up. From four rand per share last year, so that's a yeah, that's a that's a that's a massive increase in, in income share price as mentioned, seven point three percent in the green for today. So that um, yeah, that was that was that was really good. And I think the the bad when I mean, we've had sweet and fat sour. And Aspen is the one s- that you're probably thinking Ooh, about. Ouch, that's a horrible ouch. one. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, sure, Lindsay. I mean, uh, that they clearly. I mean, uh, when I say, yeah, I, I went through the results. And at first glance, it, it it didn't you know didn't look you know too bad. Market clearly just you know expected you know way way more. Um, and um, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah like I said, headline earnings per share decreased by by four percent, um, which which basically means it decreased from 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 you know the fourteen rand sixty one to fourteen rand five. And remember, refinitive. Uh, consensus expected 
15 Rand 24. So when mm. you've got that type of miss, you're going to have that type of reaction in the share price. Share price down just shy of 8%, 7.9%. You close the mm. day under 71 Rand 35. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's been a company lately. I must have, when I say lately, in the past 12 to 18 months, where we've just sort of started seeing some, you know, better, some more positive news. There's been a company that, let's call it 2020 and 2021, has been constantly in the news, you know, for, for, for bad reasons, and, and the share really reacted. When I look at the actual financial results, I think the only thing that really stood out was uh, in the prospects. They, they did uh, have a special mention. Um, on China, uh, where, where they said, you know, the 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 volume-based procurement risk in China, um, you know, that 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 they mentioned that they worried about the levels. They also mentioned um, that that hopefully that could be be stabilised. But uh, yeah, I, I think in general, just uh, just not a. Not a not a not a solid set of results, and uh, yeah, the share price got hammered. Not at all. Motors down five percent. Grindrod shipping up five percent. And if these are companies that you hold or you look at, you obviously look at them because it's your job to do so. Scalp. Well, there's another a couple that moved substantially uh, compared to their normal trading action, even though they're not uh, market cap stocks in the world. So uh, again, the list that I read out, you don't have to pick one of those that I just said, but anything of, of real interest that said that tells you, wait a second, I like these ones, or I really don't like these ones, so watch out. Yeah, naturally, the gold shares are, are like, but but I mean, I, I think you, you made a very valid point. I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, Motors down 4%, Grinrod up, you know, Aspen down 8%, you know, Bitcorp up 7%, you know, how many up 6%, you know, Mr. Price down 8%. All over the place. You, you, can, you can see. I mean, it's yes. This is volatility. Mm. And, and then I went and, and I said, well, okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. If if this is massive volume running through the JSE, <laughs> this will make me alert. This will this will really grab my attention. But it's not. I mean, let, let's just start off. Let's just let's just start off. Twenty third of August, we've had fifteen and a half billion value traded in the market. Twenty fourth, seventeen billion. Twenty fifth, only thirteen billion. With the next day trading day, twenty eighth of August, we've had thirteen point seven billion. Yesterday's volume, sixteen billion, and today. Not even close to 20 billion value traded. So hmm. when we're seeing these massive and excessive moves in the JSE with very, very little. Hopefully uh, now so, that the Northern Hemisphere holiday season is over, in two weeks' time, everyone will be back at their desks, presumably, and maybe some, there'll be more foreign participation in our market and boost those volumes to what people need. I mean, they don't need 20 billion anymore because of the weakness of the rand over the last couple of years. They need 25 billion in order for brokers to make. You, you're a fund manager, but brokers need need some volume here, so Scout, to you know to make a living. I don't know what the brokerage community is like these days, but I would imagine it's diminished over the last few years. People falling by the well, wayside. Yet, yeah, yet yet uh, the JSE is doing well. I mean, we've seen JSE results, I think, been released, was it, three, four weeks ago. And, uh, they, JSE they, Limited, you mean? You yeah. Know, yeah, yeah, JSE Limited. Yeah. Um, and so, 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 so clearly, you know, they, they're containing the cost and, 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 and being able to, to raise income, a.k.a. You know, increasing fees. So, yeah. Anyway, bottom line is, um, yeah, I think we've, we've, we've had an eventful day. 
Um, and uh, yeah, with a few eventful companies. And the bottom line is that the dollar rand is 18.56. The British pound against the rand is 23.63. The euro rand, 20.29. Euro dollar, uh, look at that. The euro is around about 0.6% higher against the mighty greenback, 109.35, that exchange rate. British pound against the US dollar, 127.33, and that's a 0.8% gain for the pound. On to commodities, and uh, I can hear, I, can, I can't hear a smile, but if I could, yeah. if a smile was noisy, I could hear a smile from Skulk Low, because the gold price, recovering manfully, to ni- uh, womanly, uh, to 1946, which is up, let's call it $10, up around about half a percent, and that's good compared to its recent performances. The platinum price up $35 an ounce to 9.84, and palladium drifting lower, $20 an ounce weaker to 12 34 other commodities also doing okay. I've got Brent crude oil down a quarter of a percent to $85.30 and West Texas crude is $80.74 which is down half a percent. Natural gas prices up 3%, silver flat, copper flat and what else have we got here? Not much actually, steel up 1.2%. Let's have a look at the capital markets now. US 10-year bond yield, yeah it's drifting lower which is gratifying, I like that. Call it 410 4.10%. The South African 10-year is uh, up a little bit, a couple of basis points to 10.18 and a half. S&P 500 futures, it was nice to see it above 4,500 yesterday. 45.17 now, up a quarter of a percent. And what else have we got? Bitcoin's had a really good couple of days. 27,170, which is actually down 0.8%. For Skulk, <laughs> it has been an interesting day, isn't it? And we've, where are we now? We've got September the 1st on Friday. And then it's Labor Day on Monday, another U.S. public holiday. And then after that, we're really looking forward to the end of the year. What do you think is going to happen, especially when you've just had Jackson Hole? What's your bigger sort of macro picture for markets? Oh, you just opened up my door. There so, we go. So just, yeah, I've got, a, I've, got a, I've got an interesting view. Yeah, I think the biggest theme, you know, when we enter 2023, I think the main theme, were, were the, 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 the recession or the expected recession or more specifically the U.S. expected re- recession, which as we sit here, I mean, you just mentioned it, we're, we're going into to, 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 um, uh, to spring literally in two days' time and there's pretty much three, three months left of the year. I mean, uh, and, and, and I mean, more and more, I'm, I'm reading these reports about soft landings, what happened to the recession, et cetera, et cetera. Now, here's an interesting, very interesting factoid. Go on, um, then. I mean, so, so, so why, why didn't we see the, the, the recession? And this is my view. This is just purely, purely, you know, a, a personal view. And, and then I'm going to take it where, where, where I think we're going to be, be heading to towards the end of the year. So why did, why did the, 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 the U.S. not go into that expected recession? I mean, we've had the... Uh, we've had the inversion and we've had, you know, all these indicators showing us that they should be going into a recession, you know. But then we missed a, a very important thing. And, and one of my colleagues last year, he said, when I, when I said, well, oh, we're going to go into this interest rate hike. Well, actually, the, the end of 2021, I said, we're going we to start, you know, interest rate hikes, but to contain the inflation. And, you know, this is going to be very bad. I think it will push the U.S. into a, a, a fairly quick you know, recession. And um, <clears throat> I'm going to give him the miles. Yeah, you know, Sean Leroux, 
uh, you know, fund manager at PSG Asset Management. Yes. And he said, Scott, yeah, he, agree, he agrees. He's, he's very, I love his temperament. He's always very, never gets too excited. Just, he just said, see, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. But just remember, I think you're missing one thing. And that's that the typical uh, you know, American went from a, a, a spending culture you know, just prior to the world financial crisis towards a saving culture. And there's so much savings build up that, that, that this should save them. They, they, you know, interest rate you know, hikes, it's not going to have the, the effect which, which it would have had you know, 10 years ago. And I thought, yeah, that's true. And then, yes. you know, when I read all these reports recently and I, and I saw you know, these, these things about why, how did they avert a, a recession, I went and looked at that, uh, that, that, that uh, savings. So, so here's the actual facts. When you look at, at personal savings as a as, uh, percentage of the disposable income in, in the U.S., after the, let's call it the, 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 the world financial crisis, it did move up. You can see it literally moved from around about 2% levels, which just means for every $100 they earn, uh, you know, $2 went for saving, which is basically no, nothing, to the end of 2019, so prior to the, to, 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 to the uh, COVID crisis, to 9%. But now, now, now this, is, this is where it gets interesting. You remember that time in COVID where the Fed said, well, they – they're going to try and stimulate the, the economy. And they send it, sent all these Americans, literally checks in the post, $300, $350. Hmm. They received these checks. Why did they receive the checks? Well, very simple. They've got a very unique GDP uh, economy, the U.S., where more than 68, close to 68.5% of their GDP is, you know, personal consumption expenditure, which is basically meaning, you know, it's, it's, it's the consumer spending that, 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 that see to that part of the economy growth. I mean, more than two thirds of the economy is reliant on consumer spending. So that's why the, 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 the Fed get to send these, these checks. They printed the money and they send them the checks. And what did the American do? No, 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 no. Now, we've seen this. We've heard this, this, this song before. They just banked it. They put the money in the bank and they saved the money. And it did not have the effect which it had. I've heard something. There's a saying, there are lies, damn lies, and statistics. But I saw something about three weeks ago that said, all the COVID-related savings, because people couldn't go out, and so they, they built up this sort of cash buffer, all of that has gone now. People went out and said, that's it, I can go out now, I can go off to Walmart and I can go off to TGI Fridays and all that sort of thing and have some fun and go on holiday to Florida and that sort of thing. And that has now been depleted. Now, again, that's a statistic that may contravene what you've just said, but on the other hand, mm, it's, it's, entirely, exactly what I said. it's entirely believable, isn't it? It's exactly what I've said because that is to just before the, 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 the restrictions opened up again. As it opened up, it was like a switch that went on in, in, in the typical American. And, and just to put that in data, which you just said, by March last year, now remember, we're not going to look at COVID, you know, the amount of, you know, savings, um, the uh, typical U.S. savings. Let's just look at March last year, which was now the U.S. opened up $2.1 trillion in, in personal savings mm. in, in, in the U.S., Fast forward 12 months later, and I remember 
that was also the time coincided with where, where, where the U.S. started hiking their rates, increase, increasing rates. And did the, the typical you know, Americans stop spending then? No, they didn't. They said, well, they don't care. I mean, you can push this interest rates up to 50%. We've got cash in the bank. Mm. We're going to be spending this cash. That $2.1 trillion went from March 2022 to March 2023 to $500 billion. As we sit here, and, and that's uh, you know the, the source is uh, the, the, the San Francisco Fed, they brought out that report last week where they said, well, that's down to, to according to their uh, figures, it's down to $190 billion, with that being totally depleted by, let's call it the end of September. So that's 10% of what it was. Is that right? It's gone. Yeah, yeah it's less than 10%. But mm. it's, it, what, what it's telling you, savings are gone. It's depleted. Now let's look at another thing. You know, how are they continuing <laughs> this, this, this spending spree? How are they doing this? Oh, boy, plastic. Plastic is back. When you look at the world financial crisis, just prior to the financial crisis, literally in, 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 in literally a question of a year, a matter of a year, it went from $300 billion in credit card debt to $600 billion in credit card. Now let's fast forward. So they got that contained. They looked after their credit card debt. As I mentioned, they saved more. Last month's figures, credit card debt. <laughs> Listen to this. Go on. Credit card debt last month, $997 billion. I promise so you we could put a bit down. Words, it's that... going to be a trillion this month. It's going to be the first time in history where the U.S. credit card, total credit card debt, is going to surpass be north of one trillion dollars. Three hundred so to six hundred to one trillion. Yeah, it goes up by three hundred billion dollar increments as the Americans say. Well, I haven't got any savings anymore, but the banks like me because I had some savings earlier on, so they're going to extend me credit. And before you know it, in mm. six months' time or a year's time, there's going to be foreclosures. Delinquency has already started. Delinquency has already started. So mm. that that we 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 know is there. So 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 so. Just in a nutshell, so effectively what we've seen, you know, every month we, we, we sort of have this discussion, you and, you and my, myself, mm. a discussion about, you know, the GDP. Hey, the GDP again, surprise on the upside. Inflation a little bit hotter. Retail figures, well, retail figures a little bit better. Uh, job openings, mm, job openings is looking solid. Why is this happening? Because 68% of the GDP is being stimulated by savings and credit card debt mm. but you know the buck stops here the money is gone the savings are depleted now credit card debt is at one trillion dollars and one can argue you know you know this this might go on for another month or so but sooner or later and if i keep it down here in in, in the south point of africa can look at these figures i promise you the fed is looking at this same figure so you ask me a short answer i gave you the massive long answer I think the GDP, you know, the U.S. GDP is is gonna gonna make a U-turn soon. We've seen the the, the job openings yesterday, yesterday again, and and for the listeners, it's, out it's there, a two and a half year low job vacancies in the states. A two it. and a half year low, and that is and this is, So there can't be any more interest rate hikes. There can't be. They can't do that. I mean, the Jackson Hole hmm. chaps must be and Christine Lagarde as well. They, they must be sitting there saying, "Wait a second, if we put this up now." With a trillion dollar debt, 
for credit card holders, it's going to go up because they're not paying it back. So yep. therefore, the credit card companies adjust their interest rate and it goes way above a, a trillion. It was a very long answer, but it was a very thought-provoking answer, Scout. Thank you. But you and I both have to go now. But I'm just going to run through some of those stocks on the JSC today. More mundane issues. Bidcorp up 7.3%. Harmony up nearly 6 Goldfields up just over 4%. Pick and Pay a 4.1% winner. AECI came in with a 3.5% gain. Mr. Price... Mm. Front running, as you <laughs> called it. Uh, the, or you, yeah, they weren't front running. They were just uh, exploiting a flawed system. 8.1% down. Aspen down nearly 8%. Glencore a 4.6% loser. That's probably XDiv or something. And Motus down 3.6%. Closing indices, if you would, Skulk. Yeah, so just to, to answer you, both Quilter and, and Glencore's is XDiv story. So, so when we look at the JSE today... As mentioned, really sweet and sour, but overall, it not a bad day for the JSE itself. Closed at 75,256 points. That is up 64 basis points. Resources, lovely day for resources. I would say mostly driven by you know, the gold counters, 1.32% up, while industrials up 15 basis points. Even financials had a better day today, 0.58% in the green. Nice. Um, yeah, and as as mentioned earlier, you know, value traded is still low. It's still not better. Eighteen point seven billion value traded for the day. Uh, US slight pickup there. I mean, um, I, I said it, and just go and have a look at my my um, uh, my Twitter feed at Skulk Low. I just had a had a graph. You know, the new job openings, which you just re, you know referred to. I put that same job openings on on the S and P five hundred, and they look like a mirror image. So mm. I think you know when I see headings like today, U.S. stocks are rising on hopes for a pause on rate hikes. Yes. I sort of grin. It's sort of the the bad news is good news. So just don't be lured in. Just be very very careful. That said, as mentioned, you know there's a there's a bit of optimism today. You know that we're going to see some rate hikes. Nasdaq. Up 0.58%, S&P 500, 40 basis points in the green. And the Dow Jones, also currently trading in positive territory, 0.17% positive. Scalp, thank you so much for your excellent analysis. Scalp Lowe is a portfolio manager at PSG Wealth Old Oak Division in Cape Town. He'll be back with me same time next Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.